0: This is City AM Unregulated, I'm Emma Hazlitt.
1: And I'm Zach Meir on this week's show, How to Invest Through Crowdfunding.
0: We're joined by Thomas Davis, Chief Investment Officer at Cedars.
2: I think the dragons and angel Mm. investing world is slowly on its way out and charlie twillier co-founder of oppo ice
3: cream jeff and i had a meeting for about an hour and a half taught me everything there is to know about crowdfunding i'd never heard of it before and sold it to me it was obvious that was absolutely what we should do
0: welcome to city am unregulated on this week's show we're discussing the ins and outs not of the eu referendum breathe a sigh of relief about that but of crowdfunding
1: we're joined by both ends of the story. Thomas Davis from Cedars, who are an equity-powered platform, and Oppo Ice Cream, who built the investment for their business by crowdfunding. Welcome.
0: Let's jump right in. Charlie from Oppo Ice Cream. How did you fund your crazy, tasty, low-fat ice cream?
3: From day one, it was, it was a typical FFF, so friends, families, fools. Hey? Probably more the fools than the friends' family, or they, they all crossed over, <laughs> um, as it was at that stage. That got us to a point where we, uh, we, had, a, we had a product. Yeah, and actually, we managed to it got us as far as launching the product as well. Okay, um, so we launched October twenty fourteen. It was two and a half years of, of development, and then we got to the point where we, we needed extra funding. We needed to actually to, to, to get this into as many mouths as possible, and we were speaking to venture capitalists, and they were they gave us our asking price. Two two VCs gave us our asking price, but there was something about it that just didn't quite
1: fit. Mm-hmm.
3: It was a gut feel.
1: So why were you going for VC? Why were you going for the VC route? Why There are banks on every high street and they'd like to say yes. Well, to a
3: startup that only, we only had two months' worth of trading, they wouldn't like to say yes. And actually, it was so prohibitively expensive to even go near those kind of areas. And also, we wanted to do things differently. Oppo's entirely different from the bottom-up, and, and why not continue that way? So we said no to the venture capitalists just because the gut feel was wrong. I was uh, lovely story. I was uh, downstairs in the coffee shop beneath my flat the next morning, giving out samples, just just wanting instant feedback. wasn't even in my in the packaging yet. Met a lady who said, "Charlie, that's amazing. You know, an ice cream with fewer calories than an apple. That's insane. Can I have some more?" And I said, "Of course you can. Of course, I was just thrilled. Someone liked it. Of course you can." Uh, She went home. She uh, gave it to her husband. I got a phone call from my husband saying. Uh, hi Charlie, don't know who I am, but stay where you are. I'm coming over. Uh, we're going to have a meeting. And it was Jeff Lynn, the CEO of Cedars. And Jeff and I had a meeting for about an hour and a half. An uh, incredibly nice man taught me everything there is to know about crowdfunding. I'd never heard of it before and sold it to me. It was obvious. That was absolutely what we should do. So serendipity so the, meant p- that. The proof of the pudding is in the eating in this case.
0: And have you bought some, <laughs> some samples? <laughs> I, have a deed. Yeah? Yeah. I, I have indeed. Yeah. As if by magic.
3: <laughs> this is the only reason I'm, I'm, I'm invited to many meetings. I hope with this one I've got something else to offer.
0: <laughs> is this your party trick?
3: What, you ice arrive cream? at a
0: party and bring ice cream. Other people have beer.
3: There we go. I'm Thank actually... I'm, I'm sent away from meetings normally if I don't have ice cream. This is about minus 30
1: at the moment. So so basically... Um uh, it was instant. There was love at first sight from, or first taste from, from the public. You, no, actually, there wasn't. It tasted awful to begin with. Right. To, to be brutally honest, <laughs> It tasted it. awful. Now there's there's love at first sight. Right. And the other so, but but the the funding side still probably most people who uh, are thinking of you know in a new business they think bank. They don't think they definitely don't think venture capitalists. Sure. And they might now because of the publicity over the last two or three years start thinking about cr- crowdfunding, but really not know exactly what it means and how you go about it. And, but perhaps at, this sta- well, uh, perhaps at this stage, Thomas Davis, you can tell us how startups actually find you and understand you.
2: Sure, and, and if, if, if it's okay, I might just, just sort of comment on, on what Charlie said because it's quite a heartwarming story for, for me. Um, when we first built Cedars, which is, was actually over six years old, um, and it took us about two years before we even launched to get through this horrible regulatory approval process to become the yeah. first, first regulated platform, um, and we always knew that crowdfunding was actually about two fundamental things. The first is about raising money um, for, for businesses. But secondly, it's, it's, there's, a, there's a, a marketing side to it, which is that um, crowdfunding allows you to raise money from your own network, from your own customers. Uh, and those customers um, then become shareholders in your business. And this is, this is a very key point. This is about shares. This is about equity. This isn't people donating money. This is people investing money and they want to see a return. Um, and they, they they have a vested interest in your business and the success of your business. So now Oppo Ice Cream has over 700, 800 investors who also, a lot of them happen to be customers as well. Um, and I'm one of those, and, and I talk about Oppo, and Oppo's now eaten in my household, and whenever we have dinner parties with friends and mates, we bring out Oppo and we talk about how it was funded, and, and I'm now a, a mini-marketing agent for Oppo. Uh, and, and I think a really interesting anecdote is that um, Charlie and his team posted uh, in, in their post-investment forum, which is a sort of communication tool that we have on Cedars to enable the team to, to, to liaise with these, with these uh, investors, asking them where which stores uh, were, were not displaying the ice cream properly and which stores um, was, were their ice cream hidden behind others. And they had all these responses from people going, well, I was in Margate and I saw that... Waitrose there hadn't actually displayed your ice cream properly and, and used it as a really powerful way of, of checking sort of stock, which I thought was unbelievable. Yeah. Um, and, and, and really, you know, the, the, the money is important. And there are some um, companies that didn't have the advantage of saying no to VC funding. And actually, a lot of the businesses we help aren't right or aren't ready. Can you, can you, you
0: talk a bit about how, how Cedars different, uh, differentiates itself from for example, Crowdcube or any of your rivals?
2: Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, there, there, are, there are a number of crowdfunding platforms out there. Um, all of them actually quite, quite different from each other. Um, and, you know, I think Cedars has taken a, a, a perhaps um, fundamentally different approach to the other ones, which is very much we see investing in companies not as a transaction. It's not an e-commerce transaction where you, you, you transfer your money in exchange for a share and that's it. it it's not like that in our view. It's very much a relationship. Um, Interestingly, it's actually longer than most human relationships. Okay. Uh, And that relationship is going to evolve over time. There's going to be a lot of serious investors, professional investors, who come in in the form of VCs who will demand certain rights and will be waving million-pound checks in front of Charlie and his team in exchange for certain rights. And unless you have someone looking out for those small, early-stage crowdfunding investors they have the potential to be left behind. And, and I hate to use the word screwed, but it's, it's perhaps taken advantage of in a completely legal, legally compliant way. Um, and our view is that you need uh, CEDARS as the platform to be there monitoring and enforcing those rights on their behalf. Uh, crowdfunding started three or four
1: years ago, something like that. Uh, some people accused it of being a bubble. Uh, a wild West, a bit of a Wild West uh, feel to, uh, to it as well. Uh, so companies had to become regulated, um, is it has it become mainstream now? Has it
2: come of age? Um, uh, to be honest, I think that uh, it, it is still the wild west um, in some of the other platforms that are operating. Um, I think that the regulation is starting to catch up, and, and uh, as I said, we were the first to be regulated. It's very boring, but it, it's really important. You know, this is people making uh, investment decisions, and and at the start, and CrowdCube is one of those that, that that operated for about two years unregulated. They are now regulated. Um, but they've, they've had some problems with some of their other companies that have, that have um, gone bust for, for, for reasons that, that seem to be not completely fair. Um, and I think that uh, the space is still very young, still very fragile. Um, we, we have always taken a very long-term view of crowdfunding and desperately tried to protect the space because we know how fragile it can be. Uh, and we hold ourselves to a very, very high standard. And, and I hope the other platforms raise their game as well to that, that same standard. I think on protecting the
3: space, do you mind if I jump in quickly?
0: Yeah, well, I was just going to say, I mean, Charlie's already cracked into his ice cream, so um, <laughs> I just thought maybe we should all try some. Um, and, and this is salted caramel ice cream, but it doesn't actually have any sugar in it, am I right?
3: You're right. So Oppo is um, what I understand to be the world's healthiest dairy ice cream. So we use It is leaf. delicious as well. Thank you. Awesome. <laughs> um, we use stevia leaf instead of sugar. Uh, virgin coconut oil, cold-pressed, wild-harvested, brilliant stuff from, from Ghana. Uh, fresh milk from, from meadow cows. I never knew that was a term. Meadow milk, before I started this, essentially means uh, free range, um, and um, and then we boost each flavour with um, various fruits, or um, some I call superfruits. That in this case, so you have got sort of caramel with lacuma. Lacuma is a fruit from Peru. That it's bonkers. It, it's absolutely bonkers. It tastes in between maple and caramel. It's, it's
0: really amazing. Good. Yeah, it's
3: really good. Why but did the dragons
0: use... hate it so much?
3: <laughs> <That> Wait, I'll <laughs> rephrase no, that the chase. I, Why there, were the dragons it, so go.
0: mean about it?
3: So the BBC called us up uh, 3, 4, 5 times um, Asking us, will you come on Dragon's Den We'd just oh, raised by <laughs> Yeah, they, they go that teams. way round yeah, yeah. Uh, We'd just raised by Cedars So we didn't need the money at all It was Cedars first round um, And really, we like to do things that you can control mm-hmm. You can never control an edit you can never control what angle you want to take. You can never control. It's for TV, and you got to remember that. Yeah. Um, but then they said, what, what, "What's taking your time now? What are you doing?" We said, "Marketing. We need to tell everyone about it." They said, "Well, four million people watch each episode. Why on earth do you not want to come on?" We said, "Good point. We're coming on." So we went on there purely for marketing, um, and it worked a treat. It was. At, we were. To be honest, we were really worried. They loved the pitch. They said, actually said off-camera it was the best pitch they'd ever had, which I'm not sure if they said that to every single person or not, um, but I quite liked it. Um, they It was filmed May 2015. Um, and actually, we don't know. They didn't like they didn't like the predictions, and that was fair, because we, we really uh, scaled those back, because we didn't want the dragons to focus on, gosh, you'll never make that much money, because we wanted them just to say, lovely product, and mm-hmm. move on, great marketing. Um, but then they didn't like the product either. And... We got contacted by God knows how many people after us going, what are they on about? <laughs> and we, had, we had the head of, head chef of Marriott, the head chef oh of Hilton, um, all kind of powering into Twitter going, rubbish, I love it, I stock it, I really like it. Um, a lot of celebrity chefs. Um, so we've been told that, I mean, we never had that before. Uh, you know, the people, they found an aftertaste. Um, and supposedly it could be simply harsh air conditioning in the studio, harsh lighting in the studio. Oh. We
2: don't know.
0: Does this mean, basically, that the Dragon's Den model is over and that, you know, the people are taking over?
2: I mean, <coughs> to be honest, I think... Dragon's Den I mean,
3: is for marketing. That's why everyone goes on there. So it's mm-hmm. not over. It's still
1: entirely <laughs> useful. Yes, but isn't, <laughs> you, you went for the numbers for the mm-hmm. for the audience, but yeah. actually the approach, let's say in your case, was far too harsh, far too, uh, let's say, business-like. And just... Um, it was entertainment rather than exactly. actually using a, a business... Uh, so, so it's ironically not a business program. forty percent of all uh, agreements let's say
3: um made or de- all de- deals made in the den um so ones that are successful in there and then they they take the deal only forty percent of those actually go through the rest of them
2: again it's for marketing and actually a lot of, a lot of those end up being loans as well um, which sure. is the other interesting thing sure. i think so now just, this is
0: moving into the hands of the people
2: yeah i think i mean yeah. just just your point about uh, mm. dragons and a- angel investments mm. is, is an PCs. interesting one there there's there's the Dragon's Den side of things, which is a, is a TV show and is, is not really uh, that representative, I think, of the real investment world. Um, but then there so is no this... no one
0: sits there with a pile of cash in front of no, them? No. I mean, it's actually, I remember, I
2: remember Michael McIntyre doing one of the best sketches I've ever seen, going, I've got a business idea. Here's a bag. Here's a gun. Put your money in there, <laughs> um, which I thought was brilliant. But um, I think the, the angel investing world, the traditional angel investing world, is slowly on its way out, in my opinion. Uh, traditionally, Charlie would have had to have gone around knocking on what we term the Surrey Golfers, which is some guy who sold his pub chain in the 80s and mm-hmm. has made lots of money um, and suddenly is an expert on Surrey food golfers. or tech. or. or and, and there were some awful angel syndicates that used to charge people like Oppo to even pitch, which yeah. is just a terrible, yes. terrible ideological sort of mm-hmm. mess. Um, And and our view when we built Cedars was, look, this is not rocket science. Investing in startups, it's risky, it's high risk, and you can make high rewards, but it's risky. Um, But it's not super complicated. Um, There are a lot more complicated mortgage products on the market. Uh, And um, we we were of the view that actually there's a lot of very well-educated people who've got some spare cash to invest in this high risk, the tops of slice of your portfolio. Uh, and make some significant returns in the future. And there's some great tax breaks. Um, why should that be reserved to what was traditionally really the top 1%, you know, the really high net worth people? Uh, there, there's what we call the mass affluent. These are the doctors, the, the, the middle yeah. executives at marketing agencies, all these people who haven't traditionally been allowed to do this. And who aren't earning really any s- interest in their as, savings.
1: Sorry, as, as, mm. as far as the nitty-gritty of mm. your uh, investors or people who use your platform, what, what are they putting in, 5 10 £100? How, how much of it is? is, is um, how much okay. of a percentage is it, is it of their disposable income? Uh, but the statistics are that most um, businesses, small businesses, fail—eighty, 90 percent. Most companies fail. Um, this business, the ice cream business, is not rocket science. Everybody, everybody can understand it. But yes, most it is. <laughs> uh, uh, most people can understand it. But <laughs> That's, I'm joking. usually. Businesses are rather more ob- obscure. It's understandable, let's say, why it has taken off well. But nine out of ten uh, businesses are not in mm-hmm. that category.
2: So I think it's a very, very good question. So, so two parts. So the, firstly, the, the amounts. Um, so the minimum investment is ten pounds. Um, that's a bit of a marketing ploy for us, but it but it shows just how accessible this is as a, as an investment asset class. Um, the average is around twelve hundred. Um, so it's about one thousand two hundred pounds. The average investment size, um, but the the range is huge. I mean, it ranges from £10 right the way through to... Uh, we actually had Tom Singh, the founder of um, New Look, invest a six-figure sum in one business, and we've also had an investor invest £250,000.
0: What, what was the business?
2: Uh, I can't say, I don't think, because you'll be able to find out who he was. Uh, and, wow. um, you know, th- this, this is significant amounts. Now, to your point about most of them fail, yep. You know, I, nine nine out of ten, eight out of ten... We, no one quite knows what the statistic is because it, it, the private investing world is actually quite a closed kind of door place. Mm-hmm. But it is high. Well, However, I can defend you. I can defend that point actually yeah. on your behalf. Um, speaking
1: to, uh, I mean, the, the Goldman Sachs argument. Investment bankers mm-hmm. um, they will tell you that you're basically aiming to invest in ten different things. Mm-hmm. You only need one of them to to, to pay off. To be up on the whole
2: go. yeah. That's that's, that's that, asymmetric returns. Absolutely, that's pretty much it. Um, it's kind of what we call a highly skewed return, which means that there'll be one or two that will make such a significant return that you know eight out of ten will fail, but eighty percent of the returns will come from one. You know, um, now we have seen um, and the key the key to that, and we see this and we we encourage this behavior is it has to be a diversified portfolio. If you come onto CEDARS and put £12,000 into one business. Into ice cream. In, no, well, maybe. I mean, who knows? It's, it's a challenging business. Um, they're doing really, really well. Still got a long way to go. Um, but they've got finance behind them. They've got the support of a lot of investors. Um, they've got the support of Cedars to help them in this in this journey. And and it has every chance of success. But it still might not. That's the nature of the game. So if I'm a City <clears throat>
1: um podcast listener, mm. um, it, the simplest thing for me to do would be put £10 into 10 different businesses. Maybe wait three months, four months, six months, and just see how those businesses progress and whether I would have made money with, I, a, greater stra- with a, gre- a greater stake in each I the
2: I I would, I, would, I would clarify it slightly to say if you have £100 to invest, let's use slightly more realistic numbers, if you have £1,000 a year to invest in a high-risk asset class, you can afford to lose the money, then I would suggest you put £100 into 10 per year waiting six months to see what's happening is not really going to help you because these sort of businesses do take a long time. And I wasn't joking about, you know, the relationship is longer than most marriages because you are looking at, on average, five, six, seven, eight years. This this isn't a short-term thing. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, Now, the the one thing I can tell you is that the kind of first vintage of Cedars, the the, the first um, batch that came through about four years ago, Uh, And bearing in mind these were uh, SCIS and EIS eligible. Now, SCIS is a tax relief that that the UK government offers. You basically get 50% of your investment back off your income tax bill. So immediately you've got half back. Any capital gains, if if it does make um, a profit in the future, it's completely capital gains tax-free. And if it fails, you get loss relief as well. So actually, on average, it's about 75% of your investment is exposed. So um, the, the, the returns and the potential kind of uh, success of some of these early-stage businesses, if you'd, if you'd put a little bit of money in all of them at the start, there's a couple of those that are doing really, really well. Plus, you've got these incredible tax breaks. So, you know, this is an asset class that's yet to prove itself, and I completely admit that. We haven't had any returns yet. There's only been, I think, one real return in the whole industry. Uh that? That was um, a brewery, which was a Crowdcube deal. Okay. Um, it, they got pretty lucky. The, the, the valuation was very high, an institutional investor came in and knocked 30 million off the valuation so the crown investors got the better deal okay and they sold at the original valuation so without that they would have actually yeah, the other question um you, you,
1: presumably the information about these companies is on the platform and you can see the the cv and mm. all the details mm. but for me i've interviewed you know hundreds of ceos over the last few years there's nothing like uh, looking at the whites of their eyes and saying, is your ice cream a good ice cream? And you've got the face-to-face, uh, or you're seeing interviews. How much access do you have, if at all, to... to as, as much as you want. I mean, it's we, totally dependent on the start-up. Yeah. You know, we put ourselves... That, that part of it is
3: really, really important. Investor relations is, is everything, isn't it? Yep. Well, it's why you're doing it. Yeah. You know, we could have absolutely have gone into some boardroom and gone to a VC and got one big cheque. In fact, the day before we went on Cedars for the second time, someone tried to do that. and said, look, I know you're going on, but don't do it, don't do it, here's a quarter of a million pounds. No, that's not, that's not what this is all about. So actually, we want to get involved and, and in front of as many people as possible, because I say it's, it's why we're doing it. Back to, just briefly, um, uh, the size of, of investments. We actually had a very, very high percentage of people just putting in, we had a minimum of £14.14, 14, just putting in that amount. Um, and that's because that's what we wanted. We really, really spoke to those people to get as
2: many of them as possible. And the uh, weird thing is, the, 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 the smaller the investor I- in general, the louder they are. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the £250,000 guy is not going to be shouting about this across social media. No. Yeah, uh, The course. £10 person will. So they are Absolutely. really valuable to the company. So we we're up from, actually I think the lowest
3: was £11. 11 to fifty grand was our highest. Um, and we really, yeah, push the smaller guys.
0: So, so Charlie, now you know you you did two incredibly speedy crowdfunding rounds—one in six minutes, one in two hours. Um, what what are your challenges now? What's what's the next plan? What's the next thing?
3: Um, the challenge is always. So to begin with, the challenge was creating the product. It took me two <laughs> and a half years. It was it felt and impossible sometimes. Very very tricky. Then. The challenge was getting into retailers, but actually, to be honest, with a really unique product that's massively on trend, um, that, that meets uh, many market needs, that wasn't actually as hard as I thought. Ever since then, it's been marketing. It's been telling the world about it. You know, Unilever, who obviously own uh, Wool's, Ben and Jerry's, Carte, or um, General Mills, who obviously own dazs R and R, Europe's largest ice cream manufacturer. The ice ice cream world is dominated by these three massive players, absolutely massive players, and they have hundreds of millions of pounds to spend on marketing.
0: So you're the, you're we the, the David to their Goliath?
3: We are David to their Goliath, and yeah. it actually makes life so much, so fun because we can do things they can't like crowdfunding like I think it's 670 odd investors now we have uh, like getting 670 odd investors to look after us on the shelf as Thomas said um, and to look out for us in many other places as well so that's the biggest challenge now though telling people about OPPO
0: okay great well thank guys thank you so much for coming in let's wrap this up now
1: thank you I've had an ice cream for two years so this is uh, quite a (laughs) with thanks to Charlie Twillier and Thomas Davis this has been City AM Unregulated
0: remember you can listen to the podcast on cityam.com or download it via iTunes or Audio to listen on the go. City AM Unregulated is an Audio Boom production.